Welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry. Jesus once told Satan that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We invite you to study the scriptures with us to learn about the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our pastor is Mr. Jeremy Visser from Brooks, Georgia. You can contact us with your questions and comments at covenantpeoplesministry.org or simply write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. If you desire, you can also follow us on YouTube and Twitter. We would like to hear from you, and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that His will will continue to reign upon us all. Once again, welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry, and here is Pastor Visser with our next Bible study. Yahshua's parable of the wineskins is extremely unique in that it stands out from the other parables that Yahshua spoke. And in this allegory of Jesus the Christ, you will see that he's basically teaching on common sense. But this parable, like many others of Jesus the Christ, is a straightforward rebuke against the Pharisees. And so, in order to fully understand Yahshua's parable of putting new wine into old wineskins, turn with me to the Gospel according to St. Matthew. And in the ninth chapter, we'll begin reading in verse 14. We read, Then came to him the disciples of John, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast oft, or often, but thy disciples fast not? Question. And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? Question. But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then they shall fast. And so as we begin this particular parable, this actually sets the stage. Because it was many disciples of John, John the Baptist, and John had a ministry of his own, correct? He came in the spirit of Elijah, and he came to direct Israelite men, women, and children to Jesus to Christ. But he had disciples of his own, and some of John's disciples came to Yahshua saying, Why is it that we, being disciples of John and the Pharisees, teaching within the high temple of Jerusalem, seem to fast often, more so than your disciples do, Yahshua. And Jesus said unto them, this is his answer, can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? Quite an interesting retort, wouldn't you think? But what you need to pay close attention to in looking at the parable of the wineskins is that Yeshua was most assuredly putting more emphasis on the new as opposed to the old, in every regard. And so, in the case of the Pharisees, well, they had hundreds of years, if not thousands, of years of traditions, where they came in and they yoked Israelite men, women, and children down with countless oral rules and traditions that they came up with on the fly. And John's disciples were more adherent to the law of God, correct? And as a result, they fasted. But somehow, in the midst of all of this, Yahshua wants them to understand that fasting is something you do when you're mournful. 
But while Yahshua, the bridegroom, was with the children of the same bride chamber, quote unquote, well, they had a reason to celebrate. And why would that be? Well, I'm going to prove that in this very series. But the very intent of Yahshua was preaching that the kingdom of Yahweh God was at hand. In short, we could say, out with the old and with the new. And most people will argue this fact. They will say, well, Yahshua didn't come to bring anything new. And indeed, that's true in a lot of regards, because Yahshua taught the law and the prophets. Yahshua kept and adhered to all of these laws. But not quite as strictly as the disciples of John and the Pharisees, most assuredly. And so, this would lead many of the disciples of John in chapter 9, here in St. Matthew, beginning in verse 14, to come to Yahshua and say, why is it that your disciples don't fast? But we seem to fast as per the Mosaic law and what it dictates. <laughs> so don't get me wrong right here, my friend. Many things in the Bible are free will. Tithe is one of those, and fasting, for lack of a better term. But Jesus' response is, the children of the bride chamber, well, they shouldn't be mourning as long as the bridegroom is with them, because the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them. So, in short, Yeshua foretells of his own death, and he predicts it to these disciples of John the Baptist. And thus begins Yahshua's parable of the garment and bottles. And I want you to pay close attention to this parable. Because the way of man is to come in and say, I'll believe it when I see it. But the way of Yahshua is to say that if you believe it, then you'll see it. The exact opposite of man. And so this allegory needs to be made. And it's a simple allegory. It really truly is. But each one of these, whether it's the patch or the wineskin, denotes something different. And so it begins in verse 16. Yahshua says, No man putteth a piece of new cloth unto an old garment. For that which is put in to fill it up taketh from the garment, and the rent is made worse. So here's the first allegory, and it is this. If you have a garment, for example, a shirt, and that shirt is well-worn, so well-worn, in fact, that it has a hole that requires a patch, you don't go out and get new fabric and put it over the hole on a shirt made of old fabric. Why? Because the shirt made of old fabric has already shrunk. Understand the analogy? Shrunk. Therefore, if you put a patch on an old garment, after a few washes, it will shrink. That is normal usage. And what will happen is the shirt that you attempted to fix, or the garment in this allegory, will tear because you put new cloth on an old garment, not taking into consideration shrinkage. But Yahshua continues in the next verse. Verse 17, he says, Neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break, and the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. Now, notice this allegory is the exact opposite of the one Yahshua gave before. 
because the one before it deals with shrinkage. However, in the wineskins, we're dealing with expansion. And the same exact analogy. Because the most simplistic way of describing the fermentation process is that most grapes have on their outer skin a form of leaven. And if you gather those grapes, put them within a bucket and leave them out to rot in a cool, dry place, you'll have wine. Naturally, with no intervention whatsoever. Now, naturally, men have come along in latter years and made a science of this. They've created airlocks for bacteria. And they've even created ways of causing more alcohol through the fermentation process to be within wine or the alcohol that they are making. And so, in its most simplistic terms, yeast, being a form of leaven, eats the sugar or glucose or syrup of some type. But yeast lives off of sugar and digests that sugar in the form of alcohol. That's the most simplistic form. And so, as yeast does its job, and you only require a little tiny pinch because a little leaven leaveneth the entire lump, right? It will expand and put out gas. Therefore, you put new wine in a new wineskin because during the fermentation process, that wineskin will expand and the bottle will grow to the form of the wine, whatever shape it desires. So, after that bottle becomes hardened, for example, and all the wine is enjoyed that was within that wineskin, it's useless, that is, for new wine, because if you were to fill that same wineskin with brand new wine, with yeast, sugar, and water, you would ultimately see that wineskin would burst, and Yahshua teaches this. He says, men don't put new wine into old bottles, because the old bottles will break. They're already at maximum capacity, and the wine runs out. Meaning that the bottles will perish, they'll break, and your wine would be wasted. So he gives two analogies here. Two parables, even though this is one parable. It is the parable of the garment and the parable of the wineskins. Now, garments and fabrics shrink. Therefore, you don't put new patches on old garments. Wine and wineskins will expand. Therefore, you don't put new wine within old wineskins, or you will suffer the same fate. Now, what does all of this have to do with the question coming from the disciples of John, who in verse 14 say, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples don't fast quite as often? Well, if you bear with me, and if you allow me to cover this from the other two Gospels in which this appears, I believe I can explain to you what Yahshua is saying in this parable. Because, in the most simplistic terms, he is saying, out with the old, in with the new. Now, men can argue, they could come in and say, Yahshua was not aware that he was bringing in a new covenant. But, wasn't he? Indeed, he was. And men could come in and even say, well, they did not know when they were writing these epistles that they were forming a New Testament. Therefore, we're only to follow the Old Testament. But Yahshua right here didn't fast quite as often, nor did his disciples, as the disciples of John or the Pharisees themselves. This did not make Yahshua antinomian. This did not make him 
a violator of the law. But this did, however, perhaps, make Yahshua a violator of the oral tradition of these same-said Pharisees. Do you understand what I'm saying? The tradition of the elders that makes null the word of God is the tradition of the Pharisees. What they spoke, their oral tradition ultimately became codified, for lack of a better term, in the form of the Babylonian and the Jewish Talmud. Not the Torah. Very important fact. So what the Pharisees were doing, and John inadvertently and with the best intentions, was likely causing their disciples to fast more than they should. Now, this study may seem antiquated in the year 2016 because most of us don't fast, do we? But there were times in the New Testament even where Yahshua said there was a time and a place for fasting. For example, once the disciples came to him and said, we can't cast this demon out, Jesus Christ. And Yahshua said that type of demon doesn't go out except by prayer and fasting. Fasting being the imperative term. Because it is a spiritual war. So, Yahshua was not violating the law no more than Yahshua was teaching a new way. But Yahshua is putting the emphasis on his ministry. And his ministry was repent because the kingdom of God was at hand. So imagine the irony of this. The Pharisee would come in and they would say, Hey, you got to fast a certain amount of times. you got to tithe a certain amount, right? And all the while, they should be recognizing Yahshua and saying, This is the Redeemer and Ruler of all Israel. The Pharisees could never do that. There was a rare occasion here or there within the Gospels of a Pharisee who would believe or invite Yahshua to the house. But the majority, overwhelmingly, of the Pharisees did not accept Yahshua. So with that established, turn with me to the Gospel according to the useful Mark. And we're going to look at Mark's take. In Mark chapter 2, beginning in verse 17, When Jesus heard the murmuring of the Pharisees, he saith unto them, They that are whole have no need of a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So do you understand what Yahshua is about to teach? And that is out with the old, in with the new. The new is a ministry of grace, at least for the next 2,000 years or so. The old is a ministry of reconciliation and atonement for sins under a different blood sacrifice, my friend. We must understand that when Yahshua laid down his life on Calvary, it was for one and all time. So, we can argue about the legitimacy of the law, and the law is eternal. Don't get me wrong. It is legitimate. But those statutes, those ordinances, those blood rituals pertaining to sin atonement are most assuredly nailed to the cross. The law is not, but Yahshua made the ultimate sacrifice. That is the difference. Out with the old, in with the new. Yahshua already foretold his own death in Matthew chapter 9. Therefore, Yahshua is teaching on the new covenant. And here, he hears the murmuring of the Pharisees and says, You know what? <laughs> I didn't come to call the righteous, but the sick. Because they that think they are whole, to paraphrase, have no need of a physician. 
If you think you're perfect and you have it all worked out and you think the Mosaic Law can spare you, when the Mosaic Law points to Yahshua being the ultimate and final sacrifice in fulfillment of that same law, the codification thereof, the completion of that law, then you've got another thing coming. Yahshua made that sacrifice. And he says, I came to call sinners to repentance. How do you go about doing that? Well, you don't put a new patch on an old garment. You don't put new wine in an old wineskin. You put new wine in a new bottle. You put an old patch on an old garment. The reason for that is because that which is old will remain old. And that which is new will remain forever. The bottom line is this. There is no sin atonement outside of Yahshua's blood. And Yahshua taught no different. Jesus said, no man come unto the Father except by or through me. He meant it. There are a million and one men and women, probably in America alone, who think they're going to work out their own salvation without Yahshua. And that, my friend, is an impossibility. And it most assuredly is an impossibility if you think you can go to the Mosaic Law and the statutes or the blood rituals pertaining to sin atonement. That is the context. Yahshua came to call sinners to repentance. So, continuing on in Mark chapter 2, verse 18. And the disciples of John and the Pharisees used to fast. And they come and say unto him, Why do the disciples of John and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples fast not? Question. And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them? Question. As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them. And then they shall fast in those days. So I want you to notice that this is almost verbatim, with a small exception found in verse 19, where Yahshua says, As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. Meaning, Yahshua says they can't fast while I'm with them, because that would show they are lamenting. That would show they are mournful. There is a time and a place for everything, and Yahshua had not made that sacrifice yet. Therefore, consider this a polite rebuke. Yahshua didn't say they were wrong, per se. But Yahshua did teach on the old versus the new. The old garment, the new wine. Do you understand what I'm saying? Until Yahshua were to spill his blood on Calvary, there was no sin for the Pharisees seeking sin atonement through lambs and bullocks, as was prescribed in the Mosaic Law. But after, post-resurrection, my friend, post-crucifixion, more specifically, that's a grievous error. Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry broadcast. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship or receive quarterly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visser's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.net, where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts, or you can easily listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast through your mobile audio device. Our sermons and videos are made possible by your tithes and offerings. If you wish to support this ministry, make checks or money orders payable to Covenant People's Ministry. 
Your donations help us to reach the lost sheep of the house of Israel, wherever they may be found. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all, and is in all that have been renewed in his Holy Spirit. So we hope that you will allow him to lead your life and help to build his church, so that when he returns, you will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply his words to your lives. It has been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message. And so Yeshua is warning the disciples of John who came in the spirit of Elijah, right, to baptize in the river Jordan, and the Pharisees, that that which is old will soon be new. Notice they come and they say, why do the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast? But your disciples don't fast. Not at all. So that's an assumption on their part. But when it's all said and done, Jesus said, you know what? I am the bridegroom. They should have been familiar with this. Both the disciples of John and the Pharisees. Why? Because this is a prophecy given by both Jeremiah and Isaiah. And the Israelites of Yahshua's time were looking forward to that bridegroom and that latter marriage supper of the Lamb, naturally. But the only difference is many people, not all, but many of the Pharisees denied Yahshua while the Israelites accepted Yahshua as Messiah. And they still do. Perhaps that's a study for another day. But there's still a group of people out here known as Esau Edom in 2016 who come in and say, you know what, Yahshua came. He was a historical figure. He was a great prophet, but he was not the Messiah. Can you take a gander or a guess at who that might be? Well, this is why Yahshua will give his parable. However, this time, in the Gospel according to Mark chapter 2, beginning in verse 21, he says, No man also soweth a piece of new cloth on an old garment, else the new piece that filled it up taketh away from the old, and the rent, or the tear, is made worse. So, notice Yahshua says the same thing. The old will shrink, and the old is shrinking away. His allegory is, what, a garment but you don't put a new patch on an old garment. Meaning that the Pharisees, who thought they were whole and had no need of a physician, were this first class, were they not? Then there's a second class. The second class pertaining to the new. And we read of them in verse 22. He says, No man putteth new wine into old bottles, else the new wine does burst the bottles, and then the wine is spilled, and the bottles will be marred. But new wine must be put into new bottles. New wine must be put into new bottles. This word new is naos, meaning newly made or freshly fermenting wine, or else it will be marred. So, it was a lawful custom to pluck what one could eat as he passed through the fields and the orchards. It was done on the Sabbath, and Yahshua was criticized for doing this which is ironic. And time allowing, I'm actually going to prove to you that Yahshua's teachings, and more specifically the Bible's teachings, pertaining to wine, is so much more deeper than what Yahshua is saying here. Wine has a dirge barrage of meanings in Scripture, but here it's used in an allegorical sense of Yahshua contrasting two elements and two elements within those elements, one being old, one being new. You don't put old with new, and you don't put new with old. Bottom line. 
And the two are always going to be separate. And so it stands 2,000 years later. Those that cling to Judaism and the oral traditions that make null the word of God are the same group of people that come in and say, you know what, Jesus Christ is not Messiah. Why? They don't feel they need a physician. And also, Yeshua said he did not come for them. It gives this allegory. No man sews a piece of new cloth on an old garment. So, don't do the same thing. Turn with me one more time, as time is getting away from me, to the Gospel according to Luke, my friends. And we're going to look at chapter 5. Because in Luke 5, this is where Yahshua teaches the same parable of the new wine into old wineskins. In St. Luke chapter 5, beginning in verse 32, Yahshua, Jesus Christ, says, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So, setting the stage once again, Yahshua did not come for those that have deceived themselves into thinking that they are whole that they do not need a physician, or that they are not sinful. Yeshua didn't come for the Pharisees who believed they could turn to the Mosaic Law, because in doing that, for sin atonement would be denying Yeshua, his grace, and his blood spilled. In fact, the Pharisees were privy and part of his crucifixion, right? Therefore, they're guilty for the blood. But Yeshua says, coming out the gate, I didn't come to call the righteous. Remember that. Remember that next time you come across a gentleman who's so self-righteous, he thinks he doesn't need Yahshua. When I'm telling you, even the most pious of us need Jesus the Christ. Man doesn't live on bread alone, my friend. And in that vein, let's continue in verse 33. And they said unto him, Who? The Pharisees, the scribes. This doesn't even say the disciples of John coming to him. This is just the Pharisees and the scribes, according to St. Luke. And they said unto him, Why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers? And likewise the disciples of the Pharisees, but thine eat and drink? Question. And he said unto them, the Pharisees, Can ye make the children of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then they shall fast. In those days. Same exact setup. Same point in history. And understanding that this parable appears in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And there's fragments throughout John. But most assuredly, three out of the four Gospels, you must consider its validity. Right? So he begins to teach his parable in verse 36. And he spake also a parable unto them. No man putteth a piece of new garment on an old. If otherwise, then both the new maketh a rent, and the piece that was taken out of the new agrees not with the old. Yeshua is saying what I've been teaching you, and that is that that patch that you put on, if it's new cloth, will either shrink and make the tear worse, or it won't agree with the old fabric. You won't be able to line it up. Because it hasn't shrunk yet. Old being key word. Next verse. And no man putteth new wine into old bottles. Else the new wine will burst the bottles. And will be spilled. And the bottles shall perish. But new wine must be put into new bottles. And both are preserved. And notice. Yahshua 
according to Luke, has an addition. Verse 39, which actually concludes chapter 5. He says, No man also, having drunk old wine, straightway desireth new. For he saith, The old is better. The old is better. That's his allegory. Old wine is most assuredly better than virgin wine. And it's way better than wine that has not fermented yet. Because technically it's just grape juice. But when it's all said and done, Yahshua is teaching on old and new. And this, my friend, is where that old proverb that you cannot teach an old dog new tricks comes from. Because you cannot put new wine into old wineskins. No more than you can put a new patch on an old garment. Yahshua is saying that the Pharisees and, by a lesser extent, the disciples of John, were so steeped within the traditions of men that they probably could not be reached by Yahshua. That is why he says, out with the old, in with the new, in a proverbial style. Now notice, this is what he says, No man putteth new wine into old bottles. Who's the old bottles but the Pharisees? Who's the new wine but Yahshua, who says, I am the true vine, and you must abide within him. So, what he is saying is that the Pharisees, being the old bottles, cannot accept the new wine because they'll burst. It'll burst what they believe, their bubble. And my friends, you must understand this reality. Many of us live within a bubble, and that is our worldview, and we do not like to have our beliefs challenged. But Yeshua came to challenge those old beliefs. Therefore, he gives another allegory. And notice, in all three Gospels, they're back to back. Old versus new. He gives this one. He says, New wine must be put into new bottles. New bottles. What's a new bottle? But Israel and new converts. A new covenant. A new sin atonement. And shedding of blood for one and all time that would ultimately commence in Yahshua's ministry. That's what finalized it. At least on earth. And so, you should be able to see the patch will tear, but the wineskin will burst. So the patch will shrink. The old has shrunk away. And here we sit 2,000 years later. There are much more Christians than there ever will be those that adhere to the Old Testament law. And the wineskin, that will burst. So we see that the kingdom of heaven truly is attributed to leaven. And it is something that grows. But it grows to a certain point and then stops. Thus that wineskin becomes fit for a single use only. So, Paul taught no different. And I really want to establish that. Because the way of man, and I said this briefly, is to say, I'll believe it when I see it. But the way of God is to say, you'll see it when you believe it. That's the difference. You must believe first. Then you will be given eyes to see and ears to hear. Therefore, the Pharisees weren't given eyes to see, right? In fulfillment of a prophecy of Isaiah, that in seeing they shall not see, and hearing they shall not hear. Turn with me to the epistle of Paul to the Romans. In Romans chapter 12, notice that at the beginning of chapter 12, Paul begins by saying, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, 
which is your reasonable service. Verse 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. Do you see that the analogy is pretty close when it's all said and done? Don't be conformed to the world, right? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Old man, new man. The outward man versus the inward man. And that, my friends, is what Joshua was teaching in both of these allegories. Turn with me to Paul's letter to the Philippians. Chapter 2, and we can read, beginning in verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even unto the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every other name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Once again, Paul is teaching about a change inward. And this is very important. The Pharisees could not change. Everything the Pharisees did was outward. But Yeshua came so that you would have an inward change. Thus, in his allegory pertaining to the new, he puts new wine into new bottles, right? But he also taught that you can't put a new patch on an old garment. Because the Pharisees had no inward change. And this is very important, my friends, because most Judeo-Christians say, well, all you got to do is accept Jesus, open your heart, believe in him, and you don't have to live any different. But Yeshua calls for an outward change. And if there is no outward change, there best assuredly be an inward change. Everything the Pharisees did was for show. And Yeshua would warn. <laughs> he would warn about that. He would say, hey, don't follow the Pharisees. And time does not allow. But let me make two more points in conclusion this Sunday morning. Turn with me to the Gospel according to John. And as you know, I already pointed out that this allegory of the parable of the wine and old wineskins does not appear in John. However, a valuable second witness does. That is, to concrete what I'm telling you isn't that Yeshua is teaching about wineskins and garments. But people, my friends... In John chapter 4, verse 35, Yahshua says, Say not ye, do not say, Yahshua says, don't say this, There are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white, all ready to harvest. Did you hear it? They are white and all ready to harvest. And then he continues, He that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit 
unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Do you understand that that new wine are the Israelites, who in this teaching, according to St. John, are considered white? You cannot put new wine in old wineskins. Therefore, we cannot establish our new covenant belief on the old covenant. Indeed, the covenant is made with the same house of Israel and the same house of Judah. But they are different covenants because we go about sin atonement different ways. One more place in conclusion. Turn back one chapter to Luke. And in Luke chapter 6, beginning in verse 38, Christ says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together. And running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet, withal, it shall be measured to you again. Let's read that one more time. With the same measure, or the same judgment, that you render or meet, withal, it shall be measured unto you again. You reap what you sow. We are to reap and sow, the Israelites. We are to tell them the truth. And at the same time, we must always remember that we cannot snag them to the new covenant by bringing them in through the old. Yahshua, in his parable of the new wine into old wineskins, acknowledged the fact that the Pharisees would continue. Ultimately, Yahweh God is the judge of those Pharisees. Those Pharisees denying Yahshua's blood ritual is not for us to say. But Yahshua predicted it. That's the important thing. Yahshua predicted that there would be out with the old and in with the new. And while the Pharisees said, I'll believe when I see, again, the irony was they had to believe to see. And so it stands for each and every one of us. Do you see what Yahshua was trying to say? And his parable of the wineskins? If so, I hope that this message has blessed you. And I also hope that you might perhaps be able to support this ministry if you only realized what a difference it makes in this apostasy. And so, until next time, this is Pastor Visser from Brooks, Georgia, and the Covenant People's Church, wishing you and your entire family great studies. War for Christ. Amen. Ministry. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you have enjoyed studying with us. Remember the words that Christ has given, that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We hope that you will gather together with us at the online ministry's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.com, and share your Christian testimonies or ask questions and enjoy biblical fellowship. You can also order CDs of Pastor Visser's Bible Studies and enjoy many other Christian resources through the church's website, or write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. We thank you for your prayers and offerings, and pray that all of you have been touched by these messages, and continue to spread the word of the gospel with your friends and family. Thanks again, and may the love of Christ abide in you and yours forever and ever. Amen.